you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. As with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intended audience for this episode are newcomers to pharmacy informatics. So today we're going to be talking about one of the standards that's used for medication naming that promotes interoperability. As a reminder, interoperability means the ability for disparate systems to talk to each other and exchange information appropriately and efficiently. To have interoperability be successful, standards need to be used so that the systems have a language that they can agree upon to send their message across. So today we'll be briefly going over what ARC's norm is and what it means in terms of interoperability. So let's begin. What exactly is ARC's norm? So straight from the National Institute of Health's uh, National Library of Medicine website, ARC's norm functions as two things. First is that it's a normalized naming system that's used to standardize naming of generic and brand name drugs. Second is that it functions as a standardization tool to help with semantic interoperability between drug terms and pharmacy knowledge-based systems. The National Library of Medicine is the group that produces ARC's norm. And as mentioned, interoperability is a challenge because so many different vendors and systems exist out there, and they have different methods of storing data. So the goal of ARC's norm is to provide a standardized database with unique identifiers for medication so that different computer systems can understand each other. Basically, if a computer system such as Cerner was trying to send something over to a system with all scripts, then the medication from Cerner would be translated to ARC's norm first, then ARC's norm will be translated over to the all script system's identifiers. So the type of interoperability that ARC's norm helps with is called semantic interoperability. This is important because semantic translations are key in being able to parse out HL7 messages and sort and categorize the data elements. Capturing the right information is important to prevent drug duplications and capture an accurate medication history between health system transfers. It's also important to note that Rx norm is only for Rx items. So this means specifically clinical drugs, drug packs, over-the-counter medications, and prescription drugs. Things like bulk items or contrast or food and dietary supplements and medical devices are all out of scope for Rx norm. So let's talk about the structure of Rx norm. There is a lot of detail within the structure of ARC's norm, so I'm only going to go over a very, very basic portion of it. If you want to learn more, you can go to the link in the show notes to view the detailed structure on the National Library of Medicine's website. So ARC's norm, is uh, the information is broken into concepts and synonyms. Concepts are basically like the ingredient of the medication. It's more of like an umbrella term, if you will. For example, a Cinnamon 325 tablet or a 325 capsule or suppository or any of the other products that exist, they all fall under the concept of acetaminophen. However, each of the individual drugs in the concept are called synonyms of that concept. So acetaminophen 325 tablet, 325 milligram tablet, it's a synonym of the acetaminophen concept. And each concept is assigned to an identifier called the RxCUI. So each synonym is not individually marked with an identifier, but there are further characteristics involved with the synonyms before they get assigned an identifier. So a synonym would be combined with its source, the identifier assigned by the source, and the term type. And collectively, all of that's called an atom. And the atom is assigned to an RxAUI number. The identification scheme allows Rx norm to be both general and specific. So how do you access Rx norm? If you wanted to take a look at Rx norm's dataset, 
You can pretty much check it out on the National Library of Medicine's website, but the caveat is that you can't see the full set. You will only be able to view the prescribable content. If you wanted to see the full release, you would need to obtain a UMLS Terminology Services account to access it. RxNorm typically updates about every month. So hopefully you learn a little bit more about RxNorm after that quick intro. And like I said, it's very complex and detailed. So if you want to learn more, please just go to the website that I have in the show notes. There is a lot of good information about RxNorm and it's straight from the source itself. All right, if you guys like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITME or Instagram at PharmacyInformatics or by emailing me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. And I also wanted to plug a great networking opportunity called Pharmacists Connect. If you are familiar with Microsoft Teams or Slack Workspace, think of Pharmacists Connect as a large vetted one through Slack Workspaces. I've met some great colleagues on it, and there's even an informatics space within it as well. You can find out more by visiting PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy ITME. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.